Hey everyone, welcome to Scribe Book School, where you're going to learn everything you need to know about how to write, publish, and market your book. In this episode, we'll walk you through exactly how to pick the perfect book title, from how to think about book titles, how to pick yours, and how to test whether it's the right one or not. This is the most important marketing decision you can make for your book. So just like companies that spend millions of dollars on naming new products or media companies that test different titles for blog posts, you need to spend a significant amount of time and energy finding a great title to ensure your book has the best possible chance of success. And now here's the episode. If you think about it, the title is the first piece of information anyone's ever going to receive about your book. And so like how it is titled uh, will in so many ways impact what they think of it. Do they decide to read it? All, do they recommend it? All these sorts of things. Now, shockingly, there's almost no good advice out there on how to title a book. Um, and the advice that is out there is, is wrong. For example, you'll see trite stuff like go with your gut. That's terrible advice. Uh, most people don't have a good gut for this, right? Or they'll say, you know, go browse bookstores for ideas. Well, that's fantastic. What do I do once I have an idea? Or it'll say something like, uh, don't spend too much time on it. That's a terrible idea. You should spend a lot of time on this. This is an extremely important decision. All right. So the, what I want to tell you at this point is take this seriously. Spend a lot of time on your title. Now, you can do other things while you're thinking about it. But... Um, do not skip over this and do not go fast over this. Make sure you get your title right. Why do book titles matter? The title is the first piece of information anyone gets about your book. And so it creates the first judgment they have about your book. N namely, they're asking themselves, is this book for me? Does it sound interesting? Should I learn more? Right Now, let me make it clear. A good book title will not make your book do well. But a bad title is going to prevent it from doing well. So what you want with a title, at least at a minimum, it's not turning the right people away. It, ideally, it is attracting the right people and then potentially even attracting a broad set of people if possible, right? So now there's a lot of empirical research uh, and, uh, on this and there's, I have a lot of experience in book business. And uh, I, I can tell you there's a pretty clear model of sort of what happens in the mind of a potential reader when they're evaluating a book. So I'll tell you really quick so you can understand where a title comes in. Um, first, the person considers the title of the book, then the cover, then the back cover copy, right, the book description, then the flap copy or the reviews, then the author bio, then the book itself, they might look inside, right, then the price. Let me give you an iconic example of how how much of a difference a book title makes on a book. In 1982, there was a, a woman named Nora Hayden who wrote a book called Astrological Love. It bombed. Like, I don't know, sold 5,000 copies, right? She took the exact same book, changed a small amount of the content, very small, and reissued it with a different title. It's called How to Satisfy a Woman Every Time and Make Her Beg for More. It became a massive bestseller, selling two and a half million copies over the next five years. All because of a title. That's it. This is why it's so important to spend time figuring out the best possible title for your book because it's going to determine a large part about what people think of your book and thus your book's success. There are six attributes of good book titles. 
in order. They are attention grabbing. It's memorable. It's in, which is not the same as attention grabbing. It's informative, right? It gives you an idea of what the book's about. It's easy to say, pronounce. It's not embarrassing to say out loud, and it's the right length. All of the all book titles, all good book titles fit all six of those attributes. So let's go over them pretty quick. Attention grabbing should be obvious. There's a million things that that uh, that are pulling on people's attention, and you need a title that stands out. A bad title is one that seems boring or like it's like who cares? You know, a book on books. I don't know, whatever, right? Like, how does that get, get attention? So there are many ways to grab attention. You can be provocative, controversial, exciting. You can make a promise, etc. But the point is your, t- your title should force people to stop and pay attention to it, especially people in your audience, right? So uh, a great example is um, instead of calling a book How to Have a Better Life, you call it The 4-Hour Work Week. And now people are like, wait, what? Four hours? You can't work four hours in a week. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. Whatever you think about the book, The 4-Hour Work Week, the title gets your attention. The next attribute is memorable. Now, it's not the same thing as grabbing attention, although most people think it's the same. It's not. It's easy to get a reaction out of someone and be forgotten. It's much harder to get a reaction and then be remembered, right? Remember, a book title is the first thing someone hears about your book, and so it's the piece of information that a reader has that leads them back to the book themselves, right? So if your book is recommended to them by a friend and they can't remember the title, it's done. Might as well not been recommended. They can't find it on Amazon. They can't go to a bookstore and ask for it, right? So you want to make sure the title is something that someone who cares about the topic will remember. The next attribute is you want it to be informative. Now, this is not as important for fiction as it is for nonfiction. But this course is about publishing nonfiction books. So the, the title, and ideally the subtitle as well, should give the reader an idea of what the book is about. Right? People aren't going to do your work for you. If you have a clever... Uh, uh, oblique book title maybe one in ten people will actually care and figure it out most people won't the easier you make it on people to understand the subject and what the book's about and if the book is for them the more likely you are to draw people into the book especially those who should be reading it so a good test is is what we call the cocktail party test if you tell someone the title of your book at a party what would they have to ask what it's about Right. So if if they, if so, if they're like they have no idea what the book's about, it's probably not, probably fails the test. If they at least have some idea of what the book's about, they don't have to know exactly, but some idea, then you're good to go. Right. But don't outthink yourself on the title. That's a lot of people who fail the informative test try and be too oblique and too clever and too down the rabbit hole. Don't do that. Make it something very clear, something your grandmother will understand at least the general subject. Fourth thing you need to have in a book title is you want it to be easy to say, right? So there's a concept in psychology called cognitive fluency, that it is hard for our brain to understand things that we cannot say out loud, right? And it's true. The data on this is very clear. Difficult to pronounce words kill book titles. For example, one of my favorite words is obsequious. It's such a rich word, has a great meaning. Not the best book title. Because most people, when they see it, they either don't know what it means and they don't know how to pronounce it. They don't know how to say it, right? So even if the title doesn't necessarily push them away, 
what's the likelihood they're going to recommend a book to uh, their friend if they don't know how to pronounce it? Zero, because they're going to look stupid, right? So you want to use obsequious in the book? Fine. Don't use it in the title. Fifth attribute of a good book title is it's not embarrassing or problematic for someone to say. If you have a title that that is amazing but makes someone feel stupid when they say it, they are never going to say it. So many great books that have titles that kind of make you feel dumb. Great example, uh, my first assistant, Ryan Holiday, wrote a book called Trust Me, I'm Lying. And he didn't realize until the book came out, no one likes to say, I'm lying. Trust me, I'm lying. It sounds weird to say, I'm lying. It, it creates sort of a dissonance in you. Well, hold on, I'm not lying. It, 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 this is just a book title. There's another book uh, I, we worked on called Hormageddon. For real, it's called Hormageddon. And the author, uh, it's a great book. The author combined the words hormesis and Armageddon, which both make sense, into one word called Hormageddon. And I tried to explain to him, that's not going to work. A Hormageddon is not an image he wants. It's embarrassing and weird to say. Uh, he named it that anyway. He realized I was right. You don't want to have a book title that is embarrassing or problematic to say. Or people won't recommend it. And the last one is the right length. Now, length is obviously a little bit subjective. The best book titles are two to five words. Sometimes you have to go over that. Uh, and if you do, that's fine. Although I would try and fit that in the subtitle if you can. The shorter the actual title, the better. Uh, it makes it easier for people to say, easier to remember. The only way you want to go over five words is if it's a phrase. Like a, a really good example is, um, um, you know, ain't no one promised me a rose garden. So good they can't ignore you. Things like that. that those are phrases that, that kind of pop into the head. That's okay. Uh, other than that, keep it short. All right, so how do you test your title once you have one? I think the best test is, is again, kind of what we I, I said earlier. It's called the cocktail party test. Imagine they've read the book. They're recommending it to, they want to recommend it to those other people. Can you see them confidently saying the title aloud and the other people being like, oh, that sounds interesting. I want to hear that. If you can, it's probably good. If you can't, you need to rethink it. Now, this is not like, here's what I want them to think. Uh, and you can even try this. Like, tell your book title aloud to people who are in your audience. See how they react. And honestly, look at how they react. If they look confused, if they just politely nod their head and change the subject, not good. If they're like, oh, what's that about? Or, oh, tell me more. Oh, that sounds interesting. Or they say, oh, that's such a good title. You're probably doing good. Does your book need a subtitle? Totally depends. If you're doing a, a nonfiction book, then I would say yes, probably so. Uh, uh, books need subtitles. If the title doesn't quite explain what the book's about, then the subtitle can do the work of contextualizing the book and really kind of fleshing out what the book's about. So for example, Daring Greatly. Good title, kind of exciting, you get it, but you don't really know what it's about. The subtitle is, how the courage to be vulnerable transforms the way we live, love, parent, and lead. Okay, got it. For our work week, what's that about? Escape the nine to five, live anywhere, join the new rich. Oh, now I'm really in. Now I get what it's about. I'm in. Uh, the looming tower. 
Al-Qaeda and the road to 9-11. Okay. Looming Tower, I'm not quite sure what it, me- what it means. It's, it hooks my attention. Sounds interesting. But Al-Qaeda and road to 9-11, now I get it. Right? That's how subtitles should work. It contextualizes and clarifies. So there's a few steps we have uh, to walk you through to help you pick your title. The first step is understand your book and your goals. Obviously, your book goals, which you should have outlined either in this course or, or earlier, uh, they should determine what you pick. If you want to build a brand out of your nonfiction book, then your title options are much different than if you want to publish uh, something with a whimsical title to ap- appeal to a very specific group of people, right? So let's examine all the sort of functions uh, a book title can serve and the way it can be used before you kind of really dial it in. So what can a book title serve? It can sell the, the, the book to readers in some way. It establishes your authority on a subject. Um, it starts a new line of books. It can be branding for a company, advertising, marketing the book. It can be used in speeches, in reviews. It's something you have to say uh, in press or media. It becomes a part of your future bio. Um, it can it'll be on the cover. It's going to be used on t-shirts. The point of all this is simple. Know which of these goals are the most important for your book and the title, and then make sure your title can serve those goals. Right? That's the most important thing. Having an amazing, clever title that doesn't serve your goals doesn't work, right? So for example, if you're going to build a brand, I would recommend that the book title is the name of your brand. Great example, Dave Asprey's first diet book is called The Bulletproof Diet. His brand is called Bulletproof. (laughs) Makes total sense, right? Um, Whereas a memoir is a whole different thing. You're not trying to build a brand. A memoir uh, is something far more personal. It can be uh, uh, edgier. It can be more oblique. You can have something like Dave Eggers' uh, book, A Heartbreaking Work of Staggering Genius, right? Or you can have something like my book, I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell. You can have clever titles because the point, uh, uh, the purpose of the memoir title is very different than serving a brand or trying to generate leads. Second step in picking your title, brainstorm a bunch of potential titles. Now, I would spend at least a few days, if not weeks, writing down every single idea you can think of. Uh, if you look in the, sh- in the notes on the course, I'm, we give you a bunch of different frameworks for titles. Whether they're using you know, clever phrases from the book or relevant keywords, making promises, um, there's lots of formats. There are too many for the video. Go look at all the formats to give you an idea of all the different options you have for titles. Third step in picking your title, uh, pick your favorites. You know, Once you have your list, pick your two or three or four favorites, and then you probably want to start testing them. I want to be very careful with telling you how to test. Everyone has opinions on book titles. Most of those opinions are stupid and wrong. <laughs> so it is tough to come up with or to figure out what the right opinion on a book title is. Even people who, who are paid to come up with uh, book titles are usually not great at it. So um, here's a couple ways you can test. You can use Google AdWords, meaning like you can kind of put in, make, create a little ad for your book. You keep the copy the same, describing the book, and then use just different titles. See which ones get, and you know, target them to your audience. See which ones get more clicks. That works really well. If you want to target a large audience, you can use a survey monk, monkey or pick foo type sort of situation. Um, or like I said, you can be out 
you know, parties, talking to people, gatherings, say the book title, see what the reaction is. Um, but with that, I would be careful because, again, some people are just being polite. So, um, you know, what you might want to do with that is say, oh, my friend wrote a book. It's called blank. Then see how they react. They'll be honest with you because your friend's not there, even though it's you. That's a good way to kind of get past that. Fourth step, listen to the results of the tests. I know it sounds ridiculous, but most people will, they'll come up with a big list, they'll narrow it down to five, they'll pick their favorite, and then they'll go test. Doesn't make sense. If you want to have a, if you have a favorite and you're just going to go with it anyway, don't test, just go with it. But if you're going to test, listen to the test. Otherwise, just don't do it. Now, fifth step, this is important. Check the results of your test against your goals. You'll see this happen a lot is that the results of the test get you a title that does not align with your goals. Uh, It's kind of funny. One of our marketing guys um, explained this to me the other day. He said, Tucker, we don't just uh, split test titles. He mean on blog posts, but a similar thing. He's like, if we only split tested titles and just went with that, all of our blog posts would be or how to lose 30 pounds in 30 days while seeing Kim Kardashian naked. <laughs> you know, like all, all blog posts and all book titles would reduce down to like essentially, you know, viral clickbait. So um, be very, very careful that the, the title you pick is not viral. Or the, the test you ran, ran did not create too much of a viral clickbait title as opposed to a title that meets your goals. Very important. The sixth step. Make sure this title is not already popular. This is a big, big step. Now look, you cannot copyright titles. So you can call your book To Kill a Mockingbird, and that's legit. Or you can call it Lord of the Rings or The Holy Bible. I would not recommend it. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. But um, if you have the same title as a very popular book, that will uh, confuse people and it will hurt the status of your book. So I would highly recommend you do not do that. If your book is a parody, like a kind of a funny book, then you can parody titles. A great example is The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, famous book. Another book that's done really well is uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. There was a parody book written called The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck, which is actually a great title uh, for a parody. And it would have been a great title if those other two books didn't exist. But... Um, If you actually named a serious book, The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck, without realizing that you're you're copying essentially two really, really well-known books, it's going to make you look really bad. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you got a lot out of it. If you found this valuable, it would mean a lot to us if you shared it with somebody who is trying to write a book. And beyond that, you can support the podcast by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay tuned because we have a lot of good stuff coming on Scribe Book School. Scribe Book School.